Welcome to another episode of Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one hour, no guests, just me talking into a microphone. But today I started it by singing like the church man does. Why do you listen to this? Who knows? Podcasts are kind of like church because they preach at you and then they ask for donations. Hey, where's a rim shot when you need one? Uh, Welcome to the show, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate it. Uh, Here I am all alone. Ernie Ernie Liss again. What can I say? Uh, I've been traveling quite a bit and uh, it's, it's been a little hectic, so I've had to Kind of go solo on these, uh, but we miss Ernie, and we love Ernie, and we're sad he's not here. Uh, anyway, but before we start the show today, uh, l- let's get some needless plugging out of the way, um, and I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to make a habit of this, uh, but the new album is out, and I really want to make sure that everybody, uh, you know, gets gets word of this. I don't, by the way, the, did, I don't know if you just heard that weird noise my computer made. Uh, I talked about this last week. Computer, it, it makes like it's, it makes like robot queef noises uh, when alerts come up and stuff. So that's proof that Ernie's not here, as you're hearing robot queefs. Anyway, plug album out now. Mistakes were made. The B sides, the two disc, except it's not on disc. It's only digital album. Uh, the 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 double if you will LP except it's not an LP it's it's digital uh, it's 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 the way that you buy an album these days you download it where can you get this you can get it at uh, iTunes you can get it at Amazon uh, there's a price problem on Amazon it's a little more expensive than it should be um, Amazon is uh, we're trying to get the price down to nine ninety nine so for now just buy it on iTunes nine ninety nine two virtual albums. It's about two hours worth of material. Mistakes were made. The B-sides. It's a collection of rarities from the last seven years or so. Uh, Random stuff. People seem to be enjoying it. Thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all uh, who who have bought it and uh, and who have listened to it and enjoyed it. And thank you all that may go out and buy it after this. And that's it. Please enjoy the album. Anyway. On to the show, uh, the topic this week, smoking, cigarette smoking, mostly, I'm going to talk mostly cigarette smoking, uh, when I say smoking, well, smoking, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's just start with, I mean, the coolest habit, is it not, is it not the coolest habit you could ever have? Ever, is there any bad habit that makes you look cooler than smoking? Not even drinking makes you look as cool as smoking does. Smoking makes you look tough. No other habit makes you look tough. You can't, you know, nobody sees you biting your fingernails and goes, don't fuck with that guy. He's a, he, that guy's a badass. No. No other habit makes you look cool. No one sees you uh, counting uh, your fingertips repeatedly and goes, "Well, that there's there's a cool motherfucker right there. Look at the way he flicked the light switch on and off ten times in a row when he entered and exited the room. 
That is a that is a cool habit that man's got. No, smoking makes you look cool, makes you look tough. No other habit makes you look sexy. Makes the you know no girl no woman goes why, whew, Jesus. I gotta fuck that guy that incessantly cleans the lenses of his glasses. I like how all my habits, by the way, are just d- different types of OCD: fingernail biting, counting your fingertips, incessant cleaning. These are the, this is the world I live in. This is the the tr- the prison I'm in, uh, the patterned prison of OCD that I'm in. That's all I can even think of is OCD stuff. Anyway, smoking makes you look cool, makes you look tough, makes you look sexy. You know, I mean, even a dumb schlub like me, when I smoked, it it gave me a little extra something, I felt like. Probably didn't. Probably just looked like a big schlubby guy smoking. But whatever. Made me feel good. Made me feel cool. So that's the thing with smoking. Even if it didn't make you look cool or tough or sexy, it makes you feel cool and tough and sexy. It makes you feel that way. You're smoking a cigarette. you're, You're like, bring it on. Bring it on, biker gang. I'll take all of you down at once. I'll fight all your men and fuck all your women. I got a Marlboro Red in my hand. I can do anything. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. Did you ever see Punch Drunk Love? Remember at the end of Punch Drunk Love when uh, uh, when Adam Sandler uh, confronts Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's been like extorting him and pushing him around the whole movie, and he gets right in his face and he goes, uh, I have a love in my life which makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. I think that's the line. I'm paraphrasing. But basically, he says love gives him ultimate strength. That's how smoking made me feel. When I was smoking, I felt unstoppable. Now, Was, Joe? What do you mean was? Did you stop? I did. I did. Uh, I've been off for about three weeks uh, and haven't... Had a craving. I had one craving in the last three weeks, and then I and I didn't give in to it. But three weeks, cold turkey, been off the cigs. Uh, you know, look, forever, I don't know. I hope so. I really do hope so this time. I, I hope I don't go back. Um, but I can't promise that. I can't promise that. Uh, I was coming up. Now, here's why I hope that I don't go back. Um, because if... You know, some of you have listened to my comedy before or whatever. I've been very pro-smoking on stage for several years, and uh, and I still am. I still am. Um, I believe you have to smoke pretty hard for a pretty long time before you're really endangering yourself. That's just my belief. Whether it's true or not, hey, I don't know. It's what I believe. Um, certain studies will say that uh, it takes about 20 pack years uh, to be in danger for, you know, uh, emphysema or cancer or whatever 20 pack years a pack year is a, a pack of cigarettes a day for a year and they say so you have to do that for about 20 years before you're you know a true candidate for uh, one of the big smoking related diseases um i didn't smoke a pack a day i was never a pack a day smoker but i was coming up on my 20 year mark um which is why i was thinking it's time to stop let's not test the waters too much here Okay, I've got one of the two requirements for a disease. I'm meeting the time requirement. Just because I didn't meet the cigarette quota as well doesn't mean I'm definitely in the clear. It might be time to start thinking about giving it up. Um, I was a. I started smoking when I was, uh, God, I don't know, 
17, I believe. Uh, 17 or 18, and I'm now 37, so it's just about 20 years. Now, it, it wasn't even 20 years straight. Uh, there was uh, a, probably a collective two or three years in there where I didn't smoke, so I probably could have squeezed another two, three years out of this thing. But again, it's c- close enough. You know, my dad used to say almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There's one of those old man, great old man sayings for you. But I'll tell you, uh, it also counts in smoking. Almost probably counts in smoking, too. Uh, I think I think if you get your nose up against the glass of cancer, you're probably too close to cancer. You don't always have to go inside the restaurant with it. So I stopped. I stopped. Now, why did I stop? Was it just because I was worried or thought this has been going on long enough. Well, that was part of it. You know, I was starting to wake up in the morning with a little chest ache. Um, I was coughing a bit here and there. You know, just little signs of like, okay, this is catching up with you. Uh, Feeling a little extra phlegmy. You know, nothing gross, not hacking up stuff, but just feeling a little extra phlegmy. Um, That sounds like a medical term, I think. That should be in like commercials for medicine. Do you feel extra phlegmy? I feel like that could pass for a real term. Anyway, I had little things happening that were making me go, okay, maybe it's time to slow down. But still, I wasn't stopping. I, You know, like most smokers, I was saying uh, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Tomorrow really wasn't coming. Uh, I'd maybe stop for a few days and then start again and go, oh, it's fine. Then the second thing was, uh, the, the, the second motivating factor was I heard that it was actually worse for you. Again, I don't know if this is true. I don't research these things. I hear them and I just believe them. Uh, I read, I didn't even read it. God, I just heard it. I heard somebody told me that if you smoke and stop and stop and start and stop and start and start and stop, that that's actually worse for you than just smoking. So I was like, Jesus, that's what I do. I kind of take a few days off and then I start again or then I'll quit for a month and then I'll start again. And then, okay. So then that freaked me out. Here's the final, this was the final blow though. Pardon me, taking a sip of coffee. Um, the final blow was, is it more professional or, or less professional to announce that you're taking the sip of coffee? I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't be making these podcasts. We're not equipped to do it. We're not radio men. My God Almighty, the inmates are running the asylum. This 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 privilege should be taken away from us. Anyway, uh, the final blow in my quitting was I went and got a, uh, a a battery of tests. I've talked about this already on previous episodes. I had to get a bunch of health tests done. And I got diagnosed with having fat in my liver. I don't have fatty liver disease, but I had fat in my liver. Um, And my doctor said, look, you need to uh, change your diet. Uh, You need to cut back on your alcohol intake. And you need to live live a cleaner life. You have to start living more cleanly. Um, And so I started to read about that online. And of course, since your liver processes everything that goes into your body, including all the toxins... You know, a big thing I kept seeing over and over on the internet was don't smoke. Don't smoke. Just don't. It's not, if you got a liver thing, don't smoke. Uh, of course, my doctor didn't tell me that because I lied to him and told him that I didn't smoke. Um, 
I lied. What do you want from me? My doctor said, do you smoke? I said, eh, once in a while. Which, look, by most smokers' standards, yeah, it's true. It's kind of like once in a while. It's not that much. The way I smoked, I'd smoke two to six a day, you know, on a heavy day, maybe half a pack, maybe on a heavy day on a very rare occasion. This is the point, by the way, where all the listeners of the podcast that smoke are going, shut up, you pussy. You weren't even smoking. What are you griping about right now? What are you whining about? Stop it. You're not a man until black stuff comes out of your mouth in the morning. Well, sure, sure. You think I don't hate myself? For my lack of commitment, even when it comes to addictions, I can't even commit. Even when it comes to my addictions, I can't even commit fully. It's not just a commitment issue with with relationships and other things. It's with with everything. I can't I can't commit to my addictions. I kind of overeat, but not to the point of becoming an out of control blob. I drink a little too much, but not to the point of full-on alcoholism. I smoke, but only a few a day. You know, I've dabbled in drugs. It's, 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 a, it's a pathetic state. I, I need to really, I mean, get some backbone and commit to something. Would you please? I'm talking to myself, not to you. It sounded like that was directed at you. I was directing it at me. Anyway, I didn't smoke that much, which made me feel like I didn't need to quit. But those three factors that I've already mentioned were the things that made me say, okay, it's time to stop. I'm going to give it up. Uh, And I stopped. Now, here's the weird part. Every other time I've stopped, I've really, really struggled with it. And I've had to white knuckle for a few weeks. And then I've, and then I would feel great. And, and then I would have cravings and then I would eventually go back. That was always the cycle. Stop. The only the only variation of that cycle was sometimes I would stop and feel great about stopping for two weeks and then start to want to rip my hair out. And that's how I knew that it was at least marginally a problem for me because give, even given the fact that I didn't smoke a pack a day or more, um, I still had a hard time giving it up. I, I, I would... I would like clench my fists to have a cigarette when I would stop. So uh, this time when I stopped, though, nothing, nothing. It's been a few, it's been three weeks. So I've already passed the the time period where I usually start to go, okay, I really want one again. Here's the other thing, too. This is why it's different this time. Usually when I stop, I have a, I have a deep pride uh, 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 I am so proud of myself that I've quit. And that high is what keeps me going and keeps me off cigarettes. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. That's it. I'm clean of the cigarettes. No toxins in this body, aside from the booze and the fast food, uh, the occasional drug. Uh, no, this body's clean living. And then, you know, that the luster of that wears off and then you smoke again. Um, I didn't feel that either this time. Uh, And here's the interesting part. It's been three weeks. Coincidentally, the day, right around the day that I quit smoking was also around the day that I started going to therapy again. And therapy has been very, very helpful this go around. Um, 
and I I find that um, the the I guess improvement of my mental state uh, because of therapy and and the exercises that therapy has caused me to implement at least over these first few weeks in my life have helped me not want the cigarette have helped me not want to be you know self destructive really that's you know this is what all this stuff is. Um, coincidentally, I, I haven't been drinking or eating poorly over the last few weeks, uh, as well. Again, all related to this liver thing. Um, and I'm not craving that stuff either. Uh, and I, I, I can't, it can't just be a coincidence. It's gotta be, it's gotta be related or in at least partially to, to going to therapy and sort of trying to sort of realign uh, my perspective and my outlook on not not just the world but myself and everything like that. So, this brings us to the big question here about smoking, which is how much uh, for me. This is the big question: how much of smoking is a physical addiction, and how much of it is a mental addiction? How truly physically addicted? Are we to these things? Now, I know, as always, when discussing addictions, there are some people that are true, true, true addicts, um, that their, their body craves a substance of some kind, a chemical, a drug of some kind, and it craves it in an insatiable way that, that uh, the average person doesn't crave it in. Um, and even for the average person that does crave it, it their cravings can't even come close to those uh, uh, of a true addict. So I, I know I'm not a you know a hardcore cigarette addict. Or if I was, I would have been smoking a pack uh, a day or two packs a day or whatever it is. My uncle, uh, before he passed, he used to smoke uh, four packs a day. Not up until he died. He quit before he died. But he smoked four packs a day. Four. That's addiction right there. And I said to him, how did you manage to squeeze four packs of cigarettes into a day? It seems like an impossible feat. And he said, well, you know, this is when you could smoke wherever. So he said, before I left, the, as soon as I sat up in bed in the morning, in the morning I'd have a cigarette lit. Uh, he said he smoked half a pack of cigarettes before he even left the house for work. You know, coffee, reading the paper, watching the news. He said uh, he'd smoke. He had an hour drive to work every day uh, to and from. So he said he smoked another half a pack in the car in each direction. Uh, and, okay, so that's a pack and a half right there. Um, and then he, he said, I think he smoked about another, you know, uh, like, you know, half a pack or whatever at home at night. So that's two packs right there. And then, you know, he'd be at work for like nine hours or 10 hours and he'd smoke like another like pack to two packs there. He'd fucking smoke th th almost four, about four packs a day, three to four packs a day of filterless camels. Jesus Christ. If I smoke too many Parliament ultralights... And by too many, I mean five. I feel like somebody dropped a log on my chest in the morning. 
That's what I wake up feeling. I feel like I, when I wake up, I feel like somebody was taking logs out of the fireplace all night long and dropping them onto my chest while I slept. I can't imagine what the fuck four packs of filterless camels makes your chest feel like. Now, I grew up with this guy. He was a second father to me. Never seemed tired. Never seemed out of breath, quite frankly. Very strange. Very, very strange. My friend Scott that I grew up with, his dad, who's also no longer with us, he, he used to smoke three to four packs a day. And uh, here's a crazy thing, and I'm sure some people out there are familiar with this. He used to wake up every night at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. every night he'd wake up because he needed a cigarette. And he'd get out of bed, go downstairs, walk outside because he wasn't able to smoke in the house. His, his, the wife would, didn't want him smoking in the house. And go outside and smoke two cigarettes. And then go upstairs and go back to bed. Jesus Christ. That is addiction, man. That is, that is a smoker. That is a tried and true smoker. Uh, I don't think many of us come anywhere near that. Um, but back to the point. Or the question, really. Is it a physical addiction? Is it a mental addiction? Is it more of one uh, or the other? Or is it both? I think it is both. Um, I think that your body obviously does create some kind of uh, uh, physical dependency on cigarettes. First of all, nicotine, for those that may not know this, is considered a Class C drug. Class C is also the same class that heroin is in. The classes are determined by their, uh, their level of addiction or potential for addiction or their addictive qualities. So uh, nicotine is technically as addictive as heroin. Here's the difference between nicotine and heroin. Obviously, uh, nicotine doesn't do the job on your body that heroin does. Uh, I know nicotine can... Well, I mean, here's the thing. Nicotine, uh, there are arguments about whether or not it's actually that dangerous for you. Uh, many people believe nicotine's no more dangerous than caffeine, which is why so many people believe that e-vapor uh, or e vapor e-cigarettes are fine and not dangerous to smoke um, because it's purely nicotine and water vapor and none of the uh, added carcinogens and chemicals. Most people believe that the added carcinogens and chemicals are what kills you in a cigarette, which is why so many people think that it's okay to smoke American spirits because they don't have any chemical additives, supposedly, uh, or whatever. I here's look. I don't know if I agree with that because I'll, I'll tell you again. You smoke an American spirit, it is like you were sucking a chimney's dick. I mean, Jesus Christ! It. it, it I don't understand. Well, look. At the end of the day, smoke is going into your lungs. How fucking harmless could it be? But is it addictive physically or mentally? Uh, I think definitely physically, but I think, I think more mentally. I think more mentally. Um, I think that's why, look, let's examine the e-cigarette. You know, again, people say, hey, it's harmless. It's just vapor with nicotine, yet it satisfies so many smokers' needs. So many smokers quit and are able to quit because of the e-cigarette. I don't believe that's because they're getting their nicotine feed. I really believe that it's an oral fixation. 
Uh, and and it's the e-cigarette is helping them pass the time and take their mind off the thoughts of the actual cigarette. Uh, my friend Mike Bello said to me once back when we were in college, cigarettes are the ultimate time waster. And that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Nothing will waste time like a cigarette. You're at a party. You're talking. You don't know what to do with your hands. You feel a little awkward. It's small talk. You're not great at it. You add a cigarette to that. Suddenly, oh, you are a fucking expert on whatever the conversation is. You are tuned in. You are having a great time. You got to go uh, see your mom, and maybe that makes you nervous. And, and you get there early, and you're 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 meeting her at a diner, and you, you got to wait for fifteen minutes and just build up in your head that that you're going to have the same argument you always have about why there aren't any grandchildren yet or whatever. Cigarette, ooh, waste that time. Takes your mind off of it. You're not sitting there focusing. You're sitting there smoking now suddenly. And that's by the way another attribute of cigarettes that we didn't name at the top. Calming. It is a very soothing habit. It relaxes you. It relaxes you, at least temporarily. At least temporarily, it'll relax you. Some people say all it does is it takes away the the yearning for the cigarette, which you wouldn't have if you didn't smoke in the first place. But I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think a cigarette really, really does and can relax you. It will. It'll, it'll bring you down, unless you smoke it too fast and get that horrific cigarette high which is disgusting. I, I don't like that high, and I don't understand when people say they like it. It's so, it's horrible. Oh, I love the cigarette high. Really? Really? You like feeling like you just stepped off a sped-up merry-go-round too quickly? Yeah, no, that's a great feeling. I love that. I love feeling like I'm going to pass out and slam my head into a curb uh, as, I, as I walk with a cup of coffee. Yeah, no, that's a great feeling. No. Fucking sucks. I hate that feeling. Anyway, cigarettes. Um, now, whether uh, whether or not the addiction is more uh, physical or mental, you know, the big problem, obviously, with cigarettes is, is that they seem to be posing a threat to our health. Yet people keep doing it. Yet people keep doing it. Which is why I think... That it's more of a mental addiction than a physical one. People do it even in the face of the threat of death. They keep doing it. Now, I know, uh, I, I think a lot of people would say, well, that's, no, that's proof that it's a physical addiction. You're doing it even though your body, even though your brain is telling you it's not a good idea. Your body is, is calling for it uh, to, to the point that you still do it. I, see, I don't agree. I don't agree. You, we've all proven that we can overcome the physical uh, yearning for things. Um, you know, look, your body doesn't want to work out. It doesn't feel like it usually. Your body usually wants to take a nap. Yet, we go to the gym. We get up and we make ourselves do it. You go for the jog. You jump in. The, the, the community pool and do your laps, whatever it is. We can overcome the physical wants. Just look at work, getting through the goddamn workday. Does anybody leap out of bed and want to rush to work? Well, I do. I love my job. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, two people that just said that. Does anybody leap out of bed and want to rush into No. 
you get up and you're like, oh, Christ, I'm so tired. And I just, I just, I don't want to go and I don't want to do this. And I went, yeah, you do it. You do it because you have to. Despite the fact that your body is screaming for you to lay down some more, you get up and up and up and you and you and you go and you do it. You do it. Uh, physical cravings of, of of hunger, hunger cravings. When you're starved and you and 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 you haven't eaten all day, and all all you want to do is go open that like chocolate cake that Entenmann's box and just eat the whole cake. Because you're, you know, your blood sugar's low and you're starving, and and you just want something rich and heavy and good and delicious, and yet you still, you still eat the the salad or or, or you eat the square meal or or you fight through it and you eat something better than an Entenmann's chocolate cake all at once. For God's sakes, I think those physical things are, I just think they're weaker than the mental. I just think they're weaker than the mental. If if they weren't. If physical was stronger than the mental, people would never get off of drugs. They would never get off of heroin. They would never get off of crack. They would never get off of cocaine. They wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be able to get off of alcohol. If the physical yearning was stronger than the mental uh, 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 power, you, you wouldn't be able to ever quit anything because physical would always win, which is why I think cigarettes are more mental than physical which is that's why i think that because and i realize now it sounds like i'm contradicting myself because i'm saying if the physical was stronger than the mental you would never be able to quit these things um but uh with cigarettes people have such a hard time quitting uh but it's more mental than physical i realize what i just did i get it but i'm telling you it makes sense it makes sense. The thing you want out of that cigarette, okay, first of all, there have been studies that say that, you know, it takes anywhere from, some people say eight hours, some people say 12 hours, some people say three days. So let's just say it takes anywhere from eight hours to 72 hours for nicotine to leave your body, for nicotine to leave your body yet you still crave or can crave a cigarette after that 72 hours. It's mental. It's mental. It's the thing that makes you go... It's, 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 it's usually another thing that makes you want the cigarette, at least in my experience. Uh, I'm having coffee in the morning. I usually have a cigarette with this, so now I want a cigarette right now. I remember Robert Kelly telling me once after he quit that he he said he noticed after he quit that there were times uh, through the day where he wanted a cigarette. Uh, and he said that's where he started to notice like what his triggers for cigarettes were. So he, I think the one of them was coffee, and then I think one of them he said was like when he was packing to go on the road, he realized he wanted a cigarette because... Because, you know, you're, you're flying out the next day and you're packing and it's a little stressful because you're like, okay, do I have everything? Am I forgetting anything? I got to go do this gig, blah, blah, blah. Um, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. You have triggers with cigarettes. I don't think, again, I know there are people that do it. The guy that wakes up at 3 a.m. to have the cigarette. Uh, the uncle that uh, smokes half a pack of cigarettes before he even gets to the second page of the newspaper. I get it. There are different people that have a true, true, true addiction. But I think most people, 
if given nothing else, given no other activities during the day, if, if there were no other activities during the day, they probably wouldn't smoke. It's the other activities that usually trigger it. It's the after-dinner smoke. It's the after-sex smoke. That's what triggers And that means it's mental. That means it's mental. Physical is physical. Hunger is physical. It's physical. You need it when your body says you need it. And the only thing that can overpower that is your brain saying stop, slow down, whatever. Cigarettes? I mean, even the most addicted people... How often does your body say, I need this? I can't go on without this right now. You'll never die. Here's another good point. <laughs> You're like, I just complimented my own points. Here's another great point that I'm thinking of. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Um, but here's another the point that I find valid. How about that? You're never going to die from quitting cigarettes. You won't die. You'll die from not eating. You'll die from uh, not drinking water. Those are true physical addictions. Food is a real physical addiction. You need it to live. Your body is addicted to food, meaning if it doesn't have it, it will die. Same thing with fluids. Same things with certain vitamins. But cigarettes, no. No. You give it up, you're fine. You take another drug, though, you know. Uh, well, no. I guess any drug, right? Did I just solve it? I think I just solved addiction, people. I think I just solved it. You won't die without it. There, quit. You're done. You're done. You don't have to. That's it. I just cured all addiction right now in the 40, excuse me, the 33rd minute of this podcast, I believe. We're roughly about 33 minutes in. Uh, I think I just cured all addiction. You're welcome. That's our show. Take care. Um, I don't know, man. Look, at the end of the day, mental, physical, whatever, we're smoking and we enjoy smoking and we're having a hard time stopping smoking. Maybe, I, here's, you know, I've heard people say it, maybe we don't fully believe that the cigarettes are dangerous. I mean, that's possible, right? Maybe just on a subconscious level, we don't believe the cigarettes are dangerous. I remember seeing Frank Zappa, that time, by the way, sip the coffee, didn't, announce it i'm announcing it afterwards didn't announce it before so now you have both versions you have me announcing the sip of coffee before me announcing the sip of coffee after after you let me know which you like better you let me know which works better for you and and then i'll know you that i announce the sip or i don't announce the sip uh okay let's try it again Didn't even announce at that time, just made a noise. Anyway, I think maybe subconsciously we don't really believe that uh, that cigarettes are truly that dangerous. I, I don't, I mean, there are people that don't believe that. I remember seeing, uh, I watched an interview with uh, Frank Zappa. Um, that was, it was one of the, I, th I believe one of the final interviews he did before he died. He died of, uh, prostate cancer and uh, he was you know well into the prostate cancer during this interview and you know basically knew that he didn't have uh, an extraordinary amount of time left to live and he was smoking in the interview and uh, I forget who the reporter was but they said you know 
I have to ask you this. I mean, you're sitting here telling me that you have this cancer and it's terminal, but I see you smoking. What are you doing? And he was like, yeah, I don't believe that these give you cancer. He straight up said that. He smoked Winston Lights. Uh, I know that. I don't know how I know that. I think it's on the... In- pick- There's a pick- Actually, I do know how I know that. There's a box of Winstons on the inside of the Chic Your Booty album. If you're a Zappa fan, you know that is truly one of his best. If you're not... Buy that album. It is an awesome album. Anyway, he didn't believe they caused cancer. He didn't believe it. You know, my uncle uh, was one of the people that said, you know, when I told him, hey, I only smoke two to four a day, he was like, I don't think that's that bad. I know doctors that have said that. Doctors have said, yeah, I don't think that's that bad. I think you're fine. So maybe we're not all that alarmed, you know? I mean, think about it like that, too. Let's say that 20-pack years thing is true. Let's say that's true, and it takes a pack a day for 20 years. By the way, you can, like, manipulate that equation. Like, pack year, 20-pack years doesn't just mean a pack a day for 20 years. Um, it, it could also mean two packs a day for 10 years or four packs a day for five years. Like, it, it, it that's how it works. It breaks down like that. It's, it's, it's an amount of cigarettes, not you know, length of time, um, which again speaks to me quitting maybe too early. I don't know. I, I, I'm, it freaks me out even saying that, even saying the words, maybe I quit too early. It's a ridiculous thing to say. I should have stayed on cigarettes longer. It's a crazy thing to say, but also I feel like I'm testing the fates. Every time I say it, I feel like the, the smoking God is hovering over me which for some reason I pictured looking like the blue genie from Aladdin, uh, except mean. That's how I pictured the smoking God looking and him being like, oh, yeah, you think you quit too early? And then like pointing his finger at my head and then I had cancer after that. Um, Jesus, I got to get out of the house. I've been locked in too long today. Anyway, um, you know, I, I you know, I, I, a lot of people don't believe in the danger. And and what I was going to say with the 20 pack years thing is that's an extremely high amount of cigarette. That's a lot of cigarettes. That's a lot of cigarettes. That's essentially saying, if it's true, if it's true, that's saying, do that math. That is saying, dude, you could totally smoke from 15 till 35 a pack a day. And if you, as long as you stop, as long as you stop, on the, the eve of your 35th birthday, you're fine. If you go just one one day short of that of that 20-pack years, then you're fine. It's, it's, that's, it's crazy. It's a crazy amount of cigarettes. So maybe when people hear statistics like that, they, they go, hey, you know what? It's really not that real of a danger. I'll tell you what's crazy. I'll tell you what's real crazy. My uncle, uh, the one I keep talking about, the one that is now... Uh, dead you know what he died of take a guess lung cancer uh do you know what the lung cancer was caused from take a guess smoking wrong it wasn't it wasn't caused from smoking you know what it's caused from he had melanoma when he was 21 years old uh that had was in remission from the time he was 21 he had an accident uh, in his uh, late 50s 
uh, where he became paralyzed from the neck down temporarily. He did regain uh, a lot of mobility. He was never fully able to just like walk normally again. Um, but he, you know, he was able to walk with like the assistance of like two canes, and he could move his legs and arms and stuff. Um, uh, when that happened, when that accident happened, his melanoma apparently came out of remission and metastasized and somehow spread and turned and transformed into a form of lung cancer. There you go. That's what happened. What the fuck? That's the guy that smoked four packs a day. He didn't even die from the cigarettes. That's crazy. That is fucking crazy. A lot of cigarette smokers um, don't die from lung cancer or emphysema. A lot of them die from, like, they'll have a heart attack or they'll have a stroke. But here's what I'm learning as I read more about my health and stuff. Heart attacks and strokes, although, you know, now when that happens to a smoker, they go, well, he smoked and, and it clogged his arteries and it did this and it did that. You know, guys, I got to say, I'm starting to just not believe that's the case. I know too many people that have lived their lives without these drugs um, and and have had these same health issues because of diet. And I'm not even talking about people that overeat tremendously or whatever. Your body just gets fucked up over time. And this is just my opinion, but it's really easy to point fingers at these sort of ominous culprits, you know? It's easy to point the fingers at a guy, at, at a, you know, Richard Pryor, for example. Well, he had MS, and that's what eventually he died from, or complications from MS, or whatever the specifics were. But it was clearly a result of having MS, right? Okay, so everybody, most people would say, well, that's because the did all that cocaine well is it is it does he have did he get ms because he did all that cocaine or did he just have a hell of a time and then just got ms was it just a big party and then ms happened and ms was happening either way so shit thank god he crammed in all that fucking fun because he wasn't able to later i don't know people say it about smokers well, he had a heart attack. Why? Well, you know, it was a smoker. And did it. okay, it could be that. Could be that. Could be uh, that his um, heart circuitry is out of whack. My friend's wife had uh, three massive heart attacks. Was not a smoker. Not a big drinker. Lived uh, healthy as anybody could. Uh, was a complete gym rat. She's doing well now. Had three massive, massive heart attacks. Uh, and and uh, I think technically was dead twice and had to be revived. Uh, why? Because, forgive me for not knowing the technical terms, but her uh, the art the art something with the arteries in her heart um, they were not uh, functioning properly, and one side of her heart was pulling blood from the other side because one of her arteries or something was like closed off. It was it was bad wiring in the most layman of terms it was bad wiring now i guarantee you that was that was happening whether she was healthy or not that was going to happen and it did and i guarantee you had she not been healthy 
they would have said, uh, yeah, it was probably because of this or the smoking or drinking or the eating right. And, you know, you wasn't living healthy. You weren't living healthy. And that happened. In fact, I go as far to say as perhaps, maybe just perhaps, that problem that she had, that very unique, weird, strange heart problem, what if it didn't, maybe they wouldn't have found out what, it was, what had caused it. I'll tell you this, if she had died and just died flat out after the first heart attack, which she didn't, um, uh, I, I, I would bet my life savings that they wouldn't have found out that problem. They would have said she had a heart attack and she died. And especially if she was a smoker. Well, what, why do you think? Well, she's a smoker and, that's, and she died. I, I would bet my life that they would have never found out the problem. But because she lived so healthily and because she was such a, 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 a health freak, a health freak, I would say. I mean, she was an incessant exerciser and everything. When this happened, people were like, what the fuck? How did that happen? That's impossible. How did that happen? It could have been a heart attack. And then they did all these tests, and then they were like, oh, geez, she's got this weird thing with her heart. And that's what it was. My point is this. When a smoker drops dead of a stroke or a heart attack, maybe it was just going to happen anyway. Is it the smoking's fault? Did the smoking accelerate it happening? I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy to me how much mystery there still is around cigarettes. And here's the thing. If they truly are this deadly, how are they still this legal? I don't, I'm starting to not buy the whole, you know, that whole thing. Well, it's big business and they make a lot of money and big tobacco. And yeah, I get that. I totally get that. But yeah, that's not enough of an argument anymore for me. Because you know what? Then why the fuck aren't drugs legal? Because if, if, if big business and government truly didn't care about our lives, didn't care about our well-being, and just cared about turning a profit, and, hey, a speedy profit as people kill themselves, that's even better. Now we're dealing with population issues and making money. Then why wouldn't drugs be legal too? Why wouldn't all other drugs be legal? Something, there's there's got to be something more to cigarettes than just it's evil, they know they're evil, and that's why they sell them, because they don't care, and because they make money and it's too big of an industry. I, 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 there's got to be more to it than that. If that's the case, then why don't the cigarette companies want to expand into marijuana? Well, they're afraid because it'll hurt their cigarette sales. No, it won't. It will hurt cigarette sales with people that go, okay, now I'm just going to smoke weed all the time legally, uh, but guess what, guys? Everybody's doing that anyway. Everybody that wants to be smoking weed all the time instead of cigarettes is already smoking it, whether it's legal or not. They're smoking it. Uh, well, it would compete with cigarette sales. No, it wouldn't. I know this for a fact. When I'm high, I love smoking cigarettes. I think it would boost cigarette sales. I know I'd be a person standing at the counter at 7-Eleven and saying, uh, give me a pack of Marlboro uh, Greens and also uh, a pack of Marlboro Lights while we're here. I'll take both. They go hand in hand for so many people. It would only benefit the cigarette industry to monetize the distribution of marijuana. So, so then why wouldn't they? Well, because the government won't let them. Well, if the government's letting them sell the cigarettes, so then why wouldn't they let them sell the weed? Why wouldn't the government want to legalize the weed? I don't know. 
It's just too many goddamn question marks. My point is this, ultimately. I don't think we all fully believe or still can fully prove that cigarettes are dangerous. I know that sounds like a crazy thing to say, but, hey, a hell of a lot of people that are smarter than me still do it and do it without any reservation. I mean, I have a a borderline panic attack every time I have a cigarette that I'm going to die. Yet there are geniuses out there doing it that don't care. So I'm not smart enough to smoke is what I'm getting at, people. I'm just not smart enough to smoke. Let's go to the phones. How about it, folks? Let's see what our our faithful listeners... Ooh, we got a lot of thoughts and questions today here on Twitter. As always, folks, thank you for writing in. We really, 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 really appreciate it. We, I, Ernie appreciates it too, but he's not here. I like it. There's something about having a show like this where you, you always want to say we. I don't know why. Celebrities always do that. They always go, oh, well, you'll see like an interview with like a comedian and he'll be like, well, this is where we started. We started everything. Who's we? It's just you. There's no, you're not part of a sketch team. Anyway, um, let's see what everybody has to say. Uh, here, this is from uh, uh, Shooter McGavin. You can follow Shooter McGavin at, at Vascor, V-A-S-C-O-R. He goes, I use my Blade Runner e-cig. Yes, we talked about e-cigs. Uh, they are a great alternative, I think. I don't know, they're talking about banning them now <sighs> for some reason. Now the people that gripe about secondhand smoke you know, don't want e-cigs out there either. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm so tired of this argument, by the way, about like smoking in and out of a... Yes, there should be smoking establishments, period. Period, 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 period. That's it. What about the people that don't smoke? Then don't go into that establishment. It's that simple. Put a sign up, You enter at your own risk, and that's it. What about the people that work there? Then don't work there. Don't work there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't have that much compassion for a fucking bartender or waitressing job that we need to ban cigarettes from everywhere because it's such a tough market that people that don't want to be around cigarettes are going to be forced to work in those environments. I just don't believe it. I don't I do not believe it. Shut the fuck up. There needs to there should be smoking. And by the way, I've never worked in a restaurant environment where the goddamn entire wait staff and bartending staff didn't smoke. So it, nobody cares. So shut up. There should be smoking establishments. And e-cigs should be legal in public. Secondhand nicotine is not a thing. And that's it. Okay, on to the next one. Chris F. This You can follow Chris F. at Christopher Rees. Uh, I'm sorry, Christoph Rees. At Christoph, R-E-E-Z-E. Why is it so much better while drinking? Um, I, think the, I think drinking just brings out oral fixation. I mean, the flavors do can, can complement each other. Beer and cigarettes, whiskey and cigarettes taste good together. Same way coffee and cigarettes do. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I, drinking brings out all my oral fixations. And I know I'm not going to make a dick-sucking joke right now. But when I drink, I want to eat. I want to have a cigarette. You know, I like to chew gum and drink whiskey. I like to have a like a like a certain and drink. Like I don't know what it is. It just it's something. Uh, and drinking itself satisfies an oral fixation. Drinking is an activity where you're constantly bringing something to your mouth and and taking a sip consistently throughout the night. So I, 
it's not surprising to me that it makes you want to have a cigarette too. Uh, this is from Mike. Uh, God, how do you say this? Simonic. Follow him in at Mike A. No, I'm sorry. At Mike S A M O N E K. Mike writes, not an ad. Alan Carr's easy way to quit smoking worked for me. 15 years, pack a day. Now nine years without a puff. Yeah, Mike, I, I, I've read the Alan Carr book, uh, and I've talked about Alan Carr before. We talked about him a lot on the sobriety episode. Um, and uh, if you didn't hear that episode, you know, he, he has these books about how to quit drinking and how to quit smoking. They're, they're, they're very insightful, and he makes some great points. Uh, I like the cigarette book much better than the alcohol book because the cigarette book isn't contingent on you giving up a nighttime social activity like drinking. Uh, you know, nobody needs to, you know, there isn't a, there aren't cigarette bars everywhere where you go and smoke and meet people. Uh, there are drinking bars everywhere where you do that. So, you know, Alan Carr's philosophies on you don't need alcohol aren't quite as easy to swallow for me because you kind of do sometimes need it or can use it to talk to other people and meet other people and hang out and be part of the crowd. Uh, cigarettes, on the other hand, not so much. Um, but it is a good book. And um, I would say read it if you want to quit. Uh, he, he does a good job breaking down why you have the cravings and what they really are, and, uh, or at least in his opinion, what they really are, uh, and, uh, and how to stop them. Uh, okay, this is from... Annie G. Uh, you can follow her at A Green. That's A G R E E N E one seven five. Why do we love cigarettes so much when we know they're bad for us? Or is that why we love them? Well, that's you know the first part of the th question we've already discussed. But but the second part is interesting. You know, I do think that's part of why we love them. I, I, I it's 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 self destructive. It makes you. It goes back to the beginning of the podcast. It makes you feel tough. It makes you feel cool. You know, it makes you feel really fucking cool. Self-destruction feels cool. It just does. It just does. I, I can't explain why other than, you know, you feel, like a, you feel like a bit of a badass when you're doing it. It gives you that Humphrey Bogart, Sinatra, you know, care, all care to the wind sort of swagger that none of us really have in real life. And, you know, a cigarette will give you about three minutes of feeling that, and then you go back to your cubicle. Uh, this is from at Milan Rambles, M-I-L-A-N-R-A-M-B-L-E-S. During a super cold winter, if the owner of a home refuses you have just one smoke outside, would you... I don't understand this. During a super cold winter, if the owner of a home refuses you have just one smoke outside, would you consider them a dick? I think he, you mean inside, I think. Uh, I don't know if I'd consider him a dick. I mean, get over it. It's like people that act like, you know, if you smoke on the inside, their house is going to smell forever. It doesn't. I have smoked inside the apartments I've lived in before. It, it smells for a few hours. And if you do it day after day after day nonstop, then it smells. Then it gets into the, the curtains and the furniture. You do it once in a while, it is never going to smell. So I do think these people need to get over it a little bit. But at the same time, if somebody doesn't want you smoking in their house, what are you going to do? Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, this is from 
Anyad Haza, which is at A-N-Y-A-D underscore H-A-Z-A. What makes you pick up a black and mild or bum a sig more work or school? Work. Absolutely work. Because for me, it was always just, you know, stress and boredom. And then that would make you. And then that would make you smoke. And that would be the end. That would be it, you know. Um, okay, this is from N at N-D-O-P. At N-D-O-P. What would you do as a career if you had tongue, what would you do for a career if your tongue, if you had tongue cancer and your tongue needed to be removed? That's a great point. You know, it's funny because this is from an Opie and Anthony fan, obviously. Um, uh, 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 Jim Norton and I talked about that once. And I talked to Jim about when he quit smoking. And I said, how'd you do it? And he said, well, I mean, he goes, I drank a lot of water and I chewed a lot of gum. And he said, but I got to be honest, man, it was just the fear that um, I would get mouth cancer and not be able to do my job anymore, which is the thing I love most, stand-up comedy. So that that definitely has has played a bit of a role in in, in my fears and, and my wanting to quit. Uh, what would I do? I don't know. I'd probably still do this fucking podcast, except with that Stephen Hawking robot voice. Then you could hear me ramble on for an hour straight, uh, but sound like a speaking spell. So there you go. Uh, okay, we only got time for a couple more here. Let's see. Um, our, at R-Y White, Ryan White, at R-Y-W-H-I-T-E. How do vapor people know when they finished a smoke break? I guess that's a, that's a bit. That, 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 that. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Come on, guys. Let's do two more here. Okay, this is from Ryan Kaiser 87 R-Y-A-N-K-A-I-S-E-R-8-7. Which kind of cigs do you think are the strongest, menthol or non-filtered? Uh, non-filtered are more like a kick in the chest, but menthol do more shit to your throat. That's been my experience. Menthol, non-filters, you know, it's like somebody hits you in the sternum with an oar. Uh, like a rowing oar, but um, but menthols make you feel like you were just like deep throating an icicle. That's the third dick suck reference I've made today on the podcast. By the way, blowing a chimney, then the oral fixation and thing, and now this. But I don't know. Menthols apparently like fuck your throat up and cause more blood in the lungs and stuff. So I don't know. I would say don't fuck with the menthols, man. You know, I know some of you like the mint flavor, but, and don't also, don't chew gum and smoke, by the way. Don't do that. That's bad because the the gum will catch a lot of the carcinogens and stuff, and then you're chewing it, and then that increases the risk of, like, mouth cancer. Um, Yeah, I'd say stay away from the menthols. I think, you know, some people say the filters are bad because of what's in the filters, but I don't agree with that. I think filters are the best case scenario and uh, filterless would be the second best maybe. Um, and then there are people that say filters don't make a difference. Light, ultralight, red, whatever it is, none of it matters. It's all all the same shit's getting into your body. So maybe it's just a matter of what you can handle in your throat. And, then, and, and there we are with a fourth dick-sucking illusion right there, right there. And why don't we just end on that? Why don't we end on the fourth illusion to dick sucking today? Um, 
Guys, thank you so much for listening. This is Down with Joe DeRosa. You can check us out on iTunes. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. We're also on Stitcher. Please leave a rating. Please leave a review. We really, 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 we really, really, really appreciate you listening and uh, and following us and everything. You're awesome. You're all awesome for that. Uh, again, the new album is out. Thank you to everybody that bought it. For those that didn't, it's called Mistakes Were Made, The B-Sides. Double album of rarities for nine ninety nine on iTunes. Check it out there. You can also get uh, both items or, or at least links to the album and the actual podcast on my website, JoeDeRosaComedy.com. It's also Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter. And uh, my website will tell you all my upcoming shows and whatnot. Uh, coming up next, Toronto. Uh, coming up soon in September at the Just for Laughs Festival in Toronto. I'm doing... A uh, handful of uh, solo shows up there. Headlining shows. I'll be doing my new hour. Come check that out, Toronto. You guys are always a great time. Uh, September, I'll be at... Uh, oh, where am I going? I'm doing Helium uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I will be there. And I really hope you can all... All you Philly folks and Jersey folks can make it out for that. I'm also returning to the... Uh, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, the uh, Lizard Lounge at the Chameleon Comedy, or the Chameleon Club, excuse me, in Lancaster, PA. That's uh, Sunday, October 26th. And then I'll be uh, New Haven, Connecticut, Joker's Wild, October 30th, one night only. Uh, and then Albany, New York at the Comedy Works uh, Halloween weekend. So come out to those things. And then there's other dates coming later. But uh, in the meantime, that's enough. <laughs>